if you're not a sports fan uh, listening to this episode, you know, I, I will first say, don't worry, there's plenty of marketing talk. Uh, you're still welcome here, even though you might not love the sports talk exactly. But I will say there's something uh, very useful in some like sports fandom. You, you might call us silly for being grown men that love watching, you know, other grown men run around and you know, shoot balls into hoops and get go- get balls across the goal line and whatnot. Uh, but we really do sometimes derive uh, certain certain strategies from some of these metaphors. Hey, Modern Commerce, welcome back. Casey here with John. Uh, we got another one for you today. Uh, today is actually game day for my favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. If you didn't already know from me wearing 49ers gear all the time, basically a walking billboard for that team. Uh, in honor of game day, uh, we thought a good topic today might be something we do a lot just in general conversation around marketing. Uh, but today we're going to purposely do it, uh, sports metaphors as they relate to marketing. So we've got a few we're going to touch on here before we get into the nitty gritty, the meat and potatoes, as it were. Uh, John, how's it going, dude? It is going well. I'm excited. We are in the new year now, and uh, and it, it's good. Feels good. Feels good. Good for my Jazz. I don't know if they're playing tonight. Actually, I didn't check, but good for my Jazz. Good for e-commerce. Good for everything. And I'm pretty sure that you do not own any clothing that does not contain a 49ers logo. Because why, really? And I used to, but I burnt it all. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you're that serious, you're that devoted that if it's not 49ers gear, it's it might as well be Seahawks gear. This is how you make the 49ers win. Yeah, that's how you make the San Francisco 49ers win. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so let's get on into this. Um, I think we've got it. We we just laid this out a little bit ahead of time. So I think you're up first, right? You wanted to go first here. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Take her away. All right. So first one I've got is um, build around your strengths. So um, this really applies to any sport, right? Um, But the way I think about it, I mean, I'm a basketball guy. Uh, I think in basketball, like I think it's like, you know, if you've got, um, I'll just use kind of references everybody knows. Like if you've got Shaq and Kobe on your team, then run a triangle offense. Like you got the best big man in the league, one of the best big men ever, you know, and you got a great shooting guard, like run a triangle offense, do the things that like fit your personnel. Right. So uh, in your business, that might be like, if, if one of your strengths is lifetime value, right? Like, let's say you're a consumable product. And uh, one of the things that like, you know, you do well is that like when somebody buys it, tries it, they really want to use it again. um, And you have really loyal customer base. Um, you know, build around that, right? Like really build community um, and build, like just kind of build around that core product offering, create new flavors or colors or whatever it is that you sell and uh, drop those regularly and just like put all of your marketing efforts into bringing more people into that world, right? Like just fuel that fire. Um, I've, I've said this before, like all of my biggest wins in like business have all come from like seeing and figuring out the fire that's already burning and like just knowing or, or figuring out how to throw fuel onto that fire, not like building a fire. That's never, that's never been one of my biggest like step wins, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
if your uh, if your business monetizes mostly from email or SMS and those owned type of audiences, you know your your media buying accounts should look pretty different to those brands who you know who get direct sales from their ads. Um, you know, cause you're, you're looking to do exactly what you were just saying, build that community, build that, those owned audiences so that you can then monetize them, uh, in the future. Because also, you know, you can, you can be looking at a nice, big quality email list or SMS list. Uh, but those things dry up without, uh, bringing in reinforcements or I don't, I don't know how to stay on the metaphor for that part of it, but yeah, keep building the fire, build, build bigger around the fire that's already burning, build around your strengths just like a good uh, team would do. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, I guess let's talk a little bit about like, maybe what if you're an e-com brand that their main strength is, like you you make your profit from media buying, from buying, buying ads profitably, right? Like how do you build around those strengths? Well, that's a real question to me. Yes, yeah, kicking uh, it to you. you. You can up budgets, you can just increase volume. If you've got the efficiency going on, um, you know, you're happy with the efficiency you're getting, uh, most of the brands that we work with tend to set volume goals after that point. And that, I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, but that's what comes to mind to me. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so, so to me, I think it's like, you're always, you have to look at like, where is, you, you have to be very honest with yourself about like opportunity points. Right. So like, I think a lot of times brands like that, especially do this thing where they keep slamming like one opportunity point, like creative, 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 creative. That's not a bad opportunity point, but like once you've been working that creative lever for a long time, like you're kind of past the point of diminishing returns on that. Whereas if you focused a little more, maybe like on offer or on your upsell funnel or on your like kind of cross sells AOV boosters, um, or if you worked on like, yeah, offer. So your conversion rate, or if you did some CRO on your lander, or if you like just kind of uh, out reallocated your budgets correctly, you know, across channels or across remarketing prospecting, um, you know, that that actually might be a bigger lever. Or if you, you know, can gain some economics on the buy side, right? Like if you can gain, uh, you know, some uh, mark, some like economy of scale by, by in, like higher order volumes, or if you can save on shipping or something like that. <clears throat> that actually might be like a better place to focus, right? So um, a lot of times I think that's like, yeah, um, if that's your strength, then you have to like know all the ways to to feed your strength. Like you have to know all the ways to build around your strengths, right? So if I'm a basketball team and I have Shaq and I have Kobe, then I have to know everything else I need. Okay, I need a point guard, you know, who can distribute, who's like smart, who's going to just take care of the ball, right? Get into the triangle. I know I need other personnel who can run the triangle. I need shooters who can space the floor so Shaq's not getting double teamed, right? Like I need, I, I have to know everything I need, right? And it's not just about like, oh, just keep working these two, keep working these two all of the time. It's building the other pieces. So if you look at the best championship teams, once they have their core pieces, a lot of times they're just picking up little role pieces. Like, you know, a strong safety on a football team that's just going to put them over the top or on a basketball team. It's like maybe a three and D player who's only going to pick up eight, nine points a game, but can also, you know, guard uh, a tough matchup or something like that. Right. Like kind of an unsung hero. Right. So that's that's kind of like what your conversion rate is. That's kind of what your AOV is or your upsell funnel is or whatever. Um, you got to focus on like all the pieces of that, not just the main ones. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're not a sports fan uh, listening to this episode, you know, I, I will first say, don't worry, there's plenty of marketing talk. Uh, you're still welcome here. 
even though you might not love the sports talk exactly. But I will say there's something uh, very useful in some like sports fandom. You, you might call us silly for being grown men that love watching you know other grown men run around and you know shoot balls into hoops and get <laughs> get balls across the goal line and whatnot. Uh, but we really do sometimes derive uh, certain certain strategies from some of these metaphors. And uh, I, I think we've got a few that are kind of cousins to each other here. So uh, at the risk of kind of running into some other ones, are, are you pretty wrapped up on that first yeah, one, John? Yeah, the I, build think around wrapped, I think we're wrapped up there. We can move on. Okay, cool. So we'll, uh, we'll pass the ball back on over to me now, and I'll introduce <laughs> this next one, which is setting up the big play. Now, if you're a football fan like me, um, I'll actually use my team as an example. The, uh, the 49ers are one of the better running teams in the National Football League. And that's a super important thing to know because that's how you set up the groundwork for big plays. You know, uh, I promise I'll get off the football analogy in a second here, but you run for maybe the first three quarters of the game predominantly. And in the fourth quarter, the defense is tired. They're expecting run. And that's when you fake the run and you pass it over the top for those big like 80 yard touchdown passes. Um, and that's how you become super efficient at kind of, you know, maybe arguably the harder skill is passing uh, the ball, making a passing offense. So the analogy in marketing, at least in my eyes, is you do a lot of work throughout the year where, yes, you're trying to score, but you're trying to score in a certain way. You're trying to score without leveraging every single leverage point to its maximum, you know, so that you don't end up later on with nothing else to do. Just kind of like the, the beginning here, the first thing you were saying with build around your strengths, you know, if, <laughs> if your audience, if your owned audience is how you generate revenue, you don't want to just be not replenishing that that list. You want to you want to keep adding new uh, fuel to that fire. Uh, it's similar with setting up the big play. You can't just be shooting for big plays all the time. Uh, you want to you know if that's your strategy is to to have an owned audience that you're monetizing. You want to be in touch with them a lot, but you don't always want to be sending them super aggressive sales offers all year around, because then when your important time your your fourth quarter, which might be Q4. That's actually a pretty good analogy there. Q4 for a lot of brands is their fourth quarter of, of a football game. If you've been trying to hit those big plays all game, it can be harder to do in Q4 sometimes. But if you've been playing a responsible game, setting up the run for the big play later, staying in touch with that list, letting them know there's going to be some crazy offers coming up, then you might find an increased uh, effectiveness of those big plays when you do call them. Oh, John, you're muted. I, uh, I noticed that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, we've, we, we saw if you, you know, watch the Super Bowl, um, your 49ers play the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we saw, we saw that in action, right? Like Niners are up by what, like two or three touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. Um, but that is the Chiefs specialty, right? Like is just wearing out those defensive backs and hitting, you know, big, big plays. Uh, late in the game because they're fast, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's we definitely see it. And uh, I think, you know, here too, like another element here is that like really like, let's say this, if, if you want to, a lot of brands really like to do like this thing where they plan their whole year out and they like, you know, say, oh, how much are we going to spend in January? We want to do 12 million this year. So we want to do a million dollars a month. So like, what are we going to spend each month? Right. And that's how they want their year to go. Like, bah, 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 1 million a month. Uh, the, the reality is if, if you're going to do $12 million a year, there's probably about two times a year where you're going to do like six to eight to maybe 10 million of that, uh, in like 
you know, probably three to four months out of the year, right? Like you've got a couple really hot times of the year. Um, and the rest of it is like, you know, not as hot. You're not doing as much volume. Yet. Like, and so that's the thing is that I think a lot of brands get really worried about that. We're not doing the volume that we want and stuff like that. Um, and, and the key is like, you just have to like use those times to build, to build to those like big times, right? So um, a lot of times that looks like acquiring at not as good of an MER, you're kind of break even, you don't have as big a profit margins and all your profit comes when, during those hot seasons. So um, yeah, I mean, that's a, a just set it up, right? Okay, because if you pull back entirely during that slow season, during those slow times, um, that's not really gonna help you either. Right. Yeah. Important not to lean too hard into this advice and go too extreme the other direction. Uh, like I said, it's it's important to uh, to make sure you're you're perpetually working on it, even if you're not calling the biggest plays all game long. Which I actually think this could be a pretty good segue into the next one. I don't want to I don't want to trample on the next point here, so I'll let you take over. And you're muted again. Yeah, sorry. I keep, I, I have a little bit of a cough. So I'm like muting myself between when I'm talking to be able to cough. Um, yeah. So next point is move your feet. Um, so I think about, again, I'm a basketball guy. I also am a runner. Um, I, I ran track in, in college and a little bit after college and stuff like that. Um, distance runner. And like a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of the time, like I'm thinking about on in basketball on defense, like a lot of times you don't know what's going to happen. You don't have a read, whatever, but you don't stop moving your feet. Like your feet are never really like set. You're kind of, I mean, you're not always like extreme about it. Sometimes it's subtle movements. Sometimes it's just shifts. Sometimes it's just making sure that you're still on balance. Uh, but it's a lot easier to move from a moving position than it is to move from standing still, right? So if you're moving, it's a lot easier to make a move when something happens, than it is like if you're at a complete stop, right? Something in motion, even if you're moving the other way, a lot of times it's easier to like, like, cause you're in balance and you're in that like mode of movement, right? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, move your feet, like keep, just keep your feet moving. If you know, don't know exactly what to do. So I think same thing <clears throat> in business and e-commerce growth and in marketing, it's uh, a lot of times you don't really have a good read on like, you know, if things aren't going very well, you're like, oh, is it this? You get analysis paralysis. Just don't get analysis paralysis. Move. Like have a direction. Like move, just keep moving your feet. Even, even if you don't know exactly what to do, just keep doing, you know, the things that are fundamental, the things that you know are fundamental to your business um, and just keep moving your feet on those so that when like a direction or when some inspiration or when some like opportunity hits, you're ready to move on that. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of Newton's laws, right, of physics. Uh, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. And I think that's true. And uh, pretty much the same thing you just said, but even like logistically, like if you're used to, let's just say running promos, right? Like if you're used to running promos, you get used to all the little boxes you have to tick along the way of setting up that promo, preparing marketing uh, campaigns around the promos. Um, all the little things that are required, you know, if there's certain team members needing to be focused on different things, the more you run those reps, then similar to the big play, when you go to run like a bigger one, you're, you're more accustomed to those roles and things just tend to go a lot more smoothly. So if you keep moving your feet, you can run all kinds of plays as you're setting up the big play while you're remembering to build around your strengths, trying to tie this all in together. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really okay. Cool. So we'll, uh, 
We'll ping pong on down to the next one. Number four. We're making good time here. This could be this could be a little bit shorter episode, which is okay too. A little yeah. more bite sized. Um, number four here. This one would be more of a baseball analogy. Uh, John and I were both baseball players, young, played on a few teams together, had a great time. Um, and I think this one pertains to us in particular because we love to be these guys. Um, runners in scoring position. So what I'm calling the rule here is be aggressive with runners in scoring position, right? So in baseball, we call men on second and third base in scoring position because they're close to scoring a run. It doesn't take that much to get those people in. Just a nice little base hit. Gets those people in as opposed to somebody on first base or nobody on. You got to pretty much hit like a home run or a triple or something to get those guys in. So get people into scoring position is important. But when people are in scoring position, when you've got ducks on the pond, as we say, you want to be aggressive. You want to make sure those runs get home. Uh, same thing in marketing, you know. When the iron's hot, when, when you've got people in scoring position, when your customer acquisition cost is lower, then acquire more customers. Like, keep going, keep rolling. You know, when, uh, when a promo is working, you know, that's time to add more fuel to that fire, maybe. You know, don't, don't let up when things are going well. When things are going the way you want, keep going. D double down on that. Make it worth your while. Um, not the time to be conservative when you've got runners in scoring position. John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in baseball, runs happen so rarely. Like, legit, games end 5-4 after nine innings. You know, like, it's just, r runs are rare. I mean, they, might, they might end 0-1. Zero, zero. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, uh, they, they, they end, runs are really rare. Like, most, most of baseball is just kind of like sideways actions, like action, like not a lot happens, right? Um, so when you actually have runners in scoring position, that is a thing in baseball is it's like, we do all kinds of stuff. We sacrifice outs. We, it's like, Hey, if we got a runner on third in, in less than two outs, like we're hitting the ball in the air. Cause it doesn't matter if, if we get like, if we fly out, that's great. That guy's going to score. Right. Um, so, or, or we might bunt a guy in or whatever. Right. So, uh, I think that's, you know, you gotta be a, like, you're aggressive. You make sacrifices. You do, uh, yeah, you just, you be aggressive and you, and you even maybe make some sacrifices when the iron's hot. Like we had a, a brand this year, actually, that uh, did this sort of like branded sale, kind of like an Amazon day type thing. Um, and it went incredibly well. And this, this particular brand has really strong LTVs, right? So their LTV is, is essentially like triple their, their initial order value um, in less than three months, right? So people buy from them, they buy and buy and buy over and over again. Um, <clears throat> and during this sale, like their acquisition costs were just so low. I mean, they were acquiring at, you know, well better than profitability and uh, well, well better than profitable. And they, I mean, like they got to their goal. They had this goal for the sale to do like this X, X, Y, Z in revenue, you know, let's call it a million dollars in revenue. They got to it and they said, okay, well, we've, we've reached that goal. Let's pull back. So our post-sale hangover isn't as bad. And the truth is like, I don't think your post-sale hangover is going to be any better. You know, if you pull back there, right. But what you did do is you probably missed out on another two or three times as many customers by pulling back and being less aggressive when runners were in scoring position. Um, and, and most likely, uh, you gave up some revenue throughout the rest of the year, right? That was in August um, by not acquiring those customers. So yeah, be aggressive when runners are in scoring position. When you see an opportunity, when there is an opportunity, go, you know, make sure whatever it is you need to do, uh, even if you maybe extend credit lines, whatever, if, if you know that it will come back around, don't be irresponsible, 
if you know it'll come back around, then then yeah, make the sacrifices you need to make. And just in our personal experience, when it comes to marketing, we represent two different mindsets pretty often where John, you're a peak chaser. If I, if I may, just in general, you love to build those peaks up and, and really get the most out of a good opportunity. And a lot of times I'm a little bit more of a floor watcher. I, I like to make sure that the, the valleys don't go as low as they can possibly go build up those valleys. But even I, in, in that scenario, you just laid out same thing. Yeah. The, the sales crushing it. Who can worry about the hangover when the hangover is happening? Try to build the floor up of that hangover when the hangover's going on. Don't, don't, uh, you know, what's the expression? Don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Like that kind of sounds like what yeah. leaving revenue on the table That's is. That's when you get to it. Yeah. Like we worry about, worry about like problems you don't have, like problems you wish you had. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. worry about, you don't need to worry about $20 million problems when you're making $5 million. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, okay, John, we've got one more left here. Why don't you go ahead and, and take us through this now, this last one. Oh, do you have another one? Uh, no, we just did uh, Be Aggressive with Runners and Scoring Position. That was yeah, number four. Right. That was yours. Okay. Last one for me, and this comes from my days as a runner. Um, I was a distance runner and like, you know, running a 5K or a mile or something like that. One of the things that I noticed, and this is really true of all sports I've played, um, <clears throat> A lot of times my best performances were my most effortless. Um, and that that's true in business as well. Like a lot of times when things are like really clicking and you're making the most money and then you're the most profitable, you feel like, oh, should I be doing more? I need to be doing more. And and and, and that's like, you know, when you're really, really hustling and, and working super hard all the time, a lot of times you're not like you're maybe doing okay, but you're not doing as well as you could be. And when you're doing the best, a lot of things, it's like things are running smoothly right? Like, uh, and, and that's, you know, why you're doing so well operationally and your marketing, whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the thing is like the big thing to learn that I always felt was like, Hey, like you can't be mad about what you could have done, you know, what you think you could have done. Uh, so like if I run a PR, if I run a personal record and I step off the track and go like, Oh, I could have run faster though. Like, I don't even feel like I'm working that hard. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to say now, right? But like you in the moment, if you could have run fast, you probably would have, right? Don't be mad about what you could have done. Um, yeah, like if a friend who likes to, who like trades, you know, cryptocurrency, and one of the things he says is like, look, if you exit a trade and you won and you were profitable, don't be mad if that trade, like, oh, if I would have stayed in it, I would have made more money. Like you can't be mad about what could have been because that's like a bad mindset to get into for the future, right? Mm -hmm. So same thing here. Like, you know, a lot of times your, be your best times are the most effortless times are the things, times when things are running smoothly and that's fine. Like let them run smoothly. Do, do the things that you need to do in order to continue to like keep that role going. Right. Like it's like when you're in the zone in a sport, right. Um, basketball as well. Like I just, sometimes, you know, things are just clicking. A lot of times you don't feel like you're playing that hard. You're just making shots. You, you're reading the defense. You're just doing everything right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing, uh, one kind of common thread through all of these that we haven't really touched on yet that I think is super important is, and again, it can be a little ridiculous how much we worship these like sports teams and stuff sometimes as grown men. But one thing that I would add as a caveat to all of these different things is we're pretty aware of, of the, the typical strategies that are, that, that are baked into these sports, right? And I think awareness is something you should not 
uh, underestimate in your own business too. I mean, it's easy to say, of course I know my business, right? But do you really know your business inside and out? Do you really understand what it would mean to apply these different things to your business? Because I could see somebody saying, yeah, I'm moving my feet. You, moving your feet is great, but if you are constantly moving in the wrong direction, that's when you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Um, so the principle is sound, but it comes with a, a certain level of awareness. And I think that's true for all of them. If you don't know what scoring position actually means for you, you might be being aggressive at the wrong time. You know, if you don't, if you see, you know, we run SWOT analysis, uh, SWOT analyses, I guess is how you say that, uh, all the time with new brands that come on board at our agency. And we, you know, first question, you know, what's, what's the strength of your business? And a lot of them kind of have non-answer answers. So if you don't understand your actual strengths compared to your competitors, how in the world are you ever going to build around those strengths? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of a lot of it, right. Is, is just being aware. What are the fundamentals of your business? What is, what is the fuel that's already burning or what is the fire that's already burning in your business? Then you know how to move your feet. Then you know how to build around your strengths. Then you know the fundamentals. Uh, then you know, like, you know, when, when you have opportunity. Um, so I think we've said this on episodes before, but just being really self-aware about your business is, is pretty important. Yeah, man. I, I think this whole awareness angle, that sounds to me like a parting shot. But I'll, I'll, I'll reserve if you want to take one here. It's on the table. No, I mean, that's pretty good. I think uh, uh, really, um, I guess I'll do a different parting shot. And that is like, uh, do something. Something we're doing here too is like, maybe this is just like a bonus tip. But drawing from other, like there's actually like research around this that like, drawing from other areas of your life or other areas of expertise that you have uh, is actually like a super smart thing to do in business or in your work or something like that. There's like been research done where uh, like when, when there are groups of people from different backgrounds, like engineers, marketers, lawyers, things like that, and they share like a problem to this like group um, like that they're having at their job, like it could be a super technical problem that a lot of the other people don't understand, but they give it like very, like some context. A lot of times somebody from a different walk, like a different background can actually like, is actually like, Oh, like what if you tried that? Like they give them a new idea. They shake something loose um, that, you know, that they didn't think of. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that's why we kind of decided to do this episode and why, whether you're a sports person or not, whatever the other things you're into besides, you know, business besides e-commerce or marketing or whatever, um, draw like just kind of like be introspective and be and you know analytical about that stuff uh and and uh, and draw 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 parallels or draw like help you help yourself solve problems you know from other walks of what from other like things that you know are sort of universal truths like you you know that there are life lessons and a lot of different things that people do or that you're into you know that's a great thing to say man i've heard it explained as once you achieve greatness in one thing you can recognize it in all things, which doesn't mean you've achieved greatness in all things. Just you understand that there is some, uh, you know, there are strategies and there are masters of every craft uh, once you become a master of a certain craft. Um, but yeah, man, that, that should wrap it up. John, thanks for joining me again on another one of these great episodes of Modern Commerce, if I do say so myself. Uh, guys, if you've made it this far, thank you for watching. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon so that you get notifications about <laughs> John's making, right, <laughs> they, can't, yeah. they can't see you right hey, now. W, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm, all the YouTube things, subscribe, like, comment. Yeah. 
You yeah. go, you take it. I don't know the things, so you go. Yeah, <laughs> hit that bell icon to get notifications about whenever we drop new videos on the channel. And as always, until next time, we'll see you.